everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered, my hammerheads. How is everyone doing? We are your morning show for any hour. I'm Mary Catherine Hill. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. We got a big day for you today. A lot, lot of politics. Some news did us the courtesy of breaking before we recorded, so I appreciate that Hunter Biden news. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're going to talk about Trump on Brett Baer. We're going to talk about Casey DeSantis getting hit by the mainstream media once again. And maybe a little Megan and Harry talk today. I'm going to indulge myself. So, Vic, how's it going? Hello, Mary Catherine. Doing just fine. We do have a lot of news today, but let me quickly do a little lobbying here. Last Friday was a very inside the beltway day for me. Mm-hmm. I had lunch with the good folks at the Cigar Association of America. <laughs> and I always tell people there's no such thing as a free lunch. And in fact, after lunch, we went on a roof deck and smoked cigars, mm-hmm. which is great because you can just get whatever you want. Nice. You know, well, nice. Well, they have to be members, obviously. Right, But right. They, they represent, you know, the American distributors of all these wonderful cigars, not from Cuba. Right. Which, by the way, head to head, head to head, if you lifted the ban on Cuban cigars because they have just, you know, the, the aura of, oh, a I mystique. Get, yeah, the mystique, yes. oh, I got to get those Cuban cigars, not as good anymore. They brought okay. that seed over to... Honduras, Nicaragua, and all these other places. It's just as good. I'm just saying that. Okay. Now, I do want to say this. What they did share with me, which is something really interesting we should monitor over the next couple months, is the FDA is actually, they want to put a ban on flavored cigars. Now, this has nothing to do with cigarettes or vapes, which is like all the the young people are into that. This is like apparently 0.6% of young people. Yeah, like Uh, Swisher Sweets. Swisher Sweets, exactly. And yet it represents something like, I don't know, little over 40% of like all cigar revenue is this, this is- and tens of thousands of jobs and yes. like a three quarters of a billion in tax revenue. Uh, by the way, there was no, there was no quid pro quo, mm-hmm. what I'm telling you right now, although they did give me a lovely <laughs> variety. They gave me on my way out a cigar variety pack, which is kind of like the Kellogg cereal pack of oh, different I love things. That. I love so it's that. kind of exciting. But no, this is just makes total sense to discuss this and it is insane. It is insane. But it's not a surprise. Well, and on brand for, see, they, they know their audience because on brand for me because oh, I'm yes. anti-Newport banning, I'm anti-vape that's, that's, that's right. banning, I'm all well, here's anti all thing. those things. There's such a crackdown on cigarettes and cigars, even though I know they want to be separate. I would much rather walking down the street in D.C. or Union Station smell nicotine or cigar or pipe than pot smoke. Oh, pipe is number one, man. Yeah, that's, that's very great. Nice. That's a great smell. Sweet. It's very hard to pull it off, though. I saw a guy at a Knights of Columbus thing over the weekend with the pipe, which is great and classy, but you know you always have to look. constantly. It's really a like sitcom sitcom dad look. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've tried very I've tried, dated yes. sitcom sitcom yes. dad. I, not I've current. tried the pipe thing. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Okay. <laughs> have I discussed on the on the show before that my hometown used to smell like pipe tobacco all the time? No, because I'm from. Oh, because I'm from you're Durham. Tobacco Road. Is yeah. That what they, yeah, and the factories downtown no longer do. Tobacco, what they do is be really nice condos. That's but they that's, made they they're right. making but uh, they were making tobacco tobacco. when I was a child still, and the whole in the summer the whole place would smell mm-hmm. like pipe tobacco, like, and we were close enough to downtown that it would drift down to the house. So to me, that is a very comforting, sweet, smell. smoky cherry. It was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful lovely. thing. Lovely, lovely. How are you? I'm good. I've been very active this summer. Where the kids and I are getting out and about. They're not like they. They haven't, well, they're not, probably not that age where they spend all day playing video games like my Oh, kids well, now. they're not allowed to, so that's part of it. That, but 
they have limited screen time. They are allowed to play some games. In fact, my husband gave them an old version of Sims on an old computer that's not attached to anything. But they've been play. They've been experimenting with this. And it what, was, what version? What is this? I have no Dude, idea. But it was tell. a very funny. It was a very funny situation where the two older girls are hovering over this old computer playing old Sims. Oh, that's fantastic! And they're talking about what they're doing, and they're spending all this time. They're very invested in it. And I go over and I found out found out that what they're doing, I looked and I was like, why is that toddler lying on the ground? And they're like, well, we have these kids, but we haven't gotten a nanny yet. And we forgot to get beds for the kids. So they're trying to figure all this out. And I said, huh. so what kind of kids you guys got? And they're like, we got a toddler and a baby. And I was like, oh, you spending a lot of time watching after those guys? And they're like, yep. And I was like, you know, there's a real toddler and baby <laughs> literally in the next room. But they're watching the virtual toddler and baby. Kate used to say, when she, many years ago, I even preface this by saying many years ago, she enjoyed from time to time playing The Sims. And it, the same thing, she got to a point where she just stopped because she said, I'm spending more time with my Sim cleaning the house <laughs> right. than actually cleaning the house. I so, mean, so anyway, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm going to think of it as they're working out the bugs with their babysitting in yeah. the Sims world. And then when they're going to come to the real world, and oh, bring, they're ready to go. bring me that product, right? That's okay. Right. And then I took the I took them, one kid's in a fencing camp this week. Oh. She wanted to try that out. Took the other kids, all three of them, to play tennis. Wonderful. This morning, and you Could might you? be you might be confused because that's a baby and a toddler and a seven year old and me playing tennis. That's right. It's a very exciting game of doubles, in is, which is the baby in a stroller just like with a <laughs> racket just get it. In I mean, it's Steve's kid. We got to get a. That's right. He's already right, strong. Right. Gets around. Very strong. Gets around. No, what happened actually was that we had the toddler shag balls. Because she won't. I mean, that's a bright. Yeah, yeah, that's a bright ball. She's yeah. like, ooh, fun. Right. She chases the ball. My seven-year-old and I attempted to play tennis, but neither one of us is super good. So there are a lot of balls to chase, and occasionally the toddler would wheel the baby around in his stroller when he got fussy, and I didn't bean anybody with a ball, and everything went pretty well. That's fantastic. When you have four kids, they got to learn to do things like no, this. No, I mean no. I mean, in a couple of years, <laughs> in a couple of years, or maybe when you're my age. You'll be able to have an actual doubles match with the I whole mean, family. That would be very fun. That would be very fun. For now, I'm just attempting to hit the ball over the stroller and the toddler. Did you play at all when you were like a younger in high school? No, or? I wish that I had. No huh. one ever informed me that this might be a sport for me. It's so fun. It's a lot of fun. And the strengths, the the athletic strengths that I have, such that they are, are well suited to tennis because my reflexes are pretty good and my arms are weirdly long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's good because you got to reach yeah, for this, I have especially reach. these cross-court uh, cross shots. Do you know that your arms are supposed to be the same height as your body if you measure from fingertip to fingertip? Is that right? Well, I'll have to do that later yes. on. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm looking at it now. And my like, arms, see that. either I, either my arms are just uh -huh. weird or I was supposed to be 5'9 because my arms are three inches longer than I am. There are tall. people like that. There are people, you know, you know, who, I have a wingspan. You know, who's that? David Brooks, actually. Really? Has very long arms. And the joke, we used to joke about this editorial meeting where he used to say when he was walking down the street, he'd be scraping at his knuckles. <laughs> My brothers used to make oh, a really? similar joke about oh, me. Yeah. Oh, so me. Yeah. So All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Hunter Biden, mm -hmm. the misfit son of mm. the current president. We found out today, has has pled guilty to several things. I, we don't know a ton about this just yet, but 
Federal prosecutors in Delaware have struck a deal with Hunter Biden, this is Politico reporting, the president's son, in which he'll plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and likely avoid time behind bars, a court filing today revealed. On a third charge, this one a felony, Biden will be able to get a count of possessing a gun while using illicit drugs dismissed after two years of probation. The probe stems from his failure to pay significant amounts of income tax in 2017 and 18, as well as having a gun in 2018. He's had years of struggle with addiction, legal troubles, and personal turmoil. It seems that if he completes a diversion program, he will be able to walk away without a felony on his record. Nice for him. With the requirement that he must remain sober for two years and give up his right to own a gun ever again. The deal still requires a judge's approval. Surrender and arraignment are expected soon. This is interesting because this has been going on now for five years. And everyone was wondering, including Eli Honig at CNN was saying that this is ridiculous. And he said this last week about how this has been dragging on. And suddenly it comes out today that this deal with the U.S. attorney from Delaware happens. The interesting thing is Hunter Biden's lawyer says, you know, we've agreed to this thing. And what do you call it? A pretrial diversion agreement for the for the the drug charge about right. and being on crack while he purchased the 38 special. Right. Which obviously you're not supposed to do, but they got him on it because ironically he wrote about it in his book. Yes. So that happened. And then two misdemeanors on the taxes. So Hunter Biden's lawyer says it is now resolved. We can move on. Right. And actually, the investigators are saying, actually, this is still an ongoing investigation. Well, it seems that the provenance of the millions of dollars he wasn't paying taxes on is actually the more important part of this. By the way, I love I love hearing so much from our friends on the left about this irresponsible gun ownership. Oh, Oh, wait, you don't hear anything (laughs) about it at all. Yeah. Because they don't actually care. We need, need stricter gun control laws. Oh well, ah, you Not know, for him. it's very. And then they will say that this, you know, you can't buy a firearm while you're addicted to drugs. It's very rarely used. It's obscure. It's an obscure right. law, you know. So it's okay. It's a t- totally uh, fine. But you know, this is ongoing, and I know Republicans are still wondering. And certainly in the House, they want to still look into, for example, Hunter's connections to CEFC China Energy and Burisma. Right. Well, and here's, let me, just to give you an idea of the flavor of the House Republican response to this, here's Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, responding to this news today. My first reaction is it continues to show the two-tier system in America. If you are the president's leading political opponent, the DOJ tries to literally put you in jail and give you prison time. If you are the president's son, you get a sweetheart deal. Now, this does nothing to our investigation. It actually should enhance our investigations because the DOJ should not be able to withhold any information now saying that because of pending investigation, they should be able to provide Chairman Comer with any information that he requires. So that will be going going forth. That's right. And let's not forget that President Biden himself not long ago said in an interview with Stephanie Rule that his son did nothing wrong. Nothing so wrong. if he did nothing wrong, not I don't only, know why he made a plea deal. Maybe he was pressured into it wrongly. Not only did he do nothing wrong, yeah. he's the smartest person that Biden oh, knows. Yeah. And he further definitely didn't get any money from China, a thing oh. that a thing that Biden has said on the record yeah. many times, yeah. very clearly. Strangely, not a thing he's asked about. Or family very members. Often. Family members were not receiving money from the Romanian businessman. Zero. Yeah. But you know what Biden should do? What's that? If he believes he didn't do anything wrong, he should pardon him. Okay. Let's see how that goes. Oh, by the way, is he still living in the White House? No, I don't believe I don't believe he is. I could be wrong. I don't believe he is. 
but he's living in the Corvette. He is hard to get a hold of. Mm. So, so there, there is that. And uh, I imagine now the White House will shift from he did nothing wrong to this is a very difficult time for the family right mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. we would like the media to respect their right, privacy. Right. By the way, just the which fact they will. That it is it is amazing to me that with this number of problems, both personal mm-hmm. and legal, that Hunter's just hanging with the president when he goes to Ireland. Yeah. He fine. flies on Air Force One. He had to sleep on a cot, though. <laughs> He's just real close there, and it's not deemed a an problem? issue no. at all, even though he seems like a, a bit of a liability. Yeah. Jonathan Turley, for what it's worth, says, you know, the average citizen, when it came to Trump, he says they're going to perceive it this way. They rolled out a B-52, and this is going to look like a crop duster that, you know, that is that is you have the son of a president who's at the center of one of the greatest influence peddling scandals in history. And that's saying a lot in Washington, D.C. And he's going to walk away with a couple of misdemeanors and a gun charge that they can likely expunge. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to gauge sort of the reaction because there's the coverage of it is so tilted. Right. In the mainstream. I mean, they, I was surprised they actually spent that much time talking about the plea deal. Well, it's so... <laughs> It does strike me as rather convenient that each sort of Democrat-aligned legal problem is like NBD. Yeah. It's like that, that. The facts of this, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> By the way, gun and gun yeah. and crack involved. That doesn't matter. It doesn't no. matter. There are millions of dollars yeah. in foreign influence involved. I'm These, sure if it was Eric Trump, they'd feel the same way. Oh, no, know. for sure, for sure. That's what and we I'm do sure, on this show. And I'm sure the, a lot of what about. A lot of what about. <laughs> it's it's an about about. It is. It's about yeah, this. No, no, but it really is true. They'd be all over this. If you go back to the video, which you could find at the, at freebeacon.com of uh, Joe Biden saying that his son did nothing wrong. To me, the best part of that video is not Joe Biden's response. It's when they flash back to Stephanie Rule and she's nodding sympathetically oh. like, yes, nice. you're right. You're right, Mr. President. Uh, anyway. How nice yeah. for him. All right, let's continue. To be continued. Continue with more legal troubles. Oh. Yeah. Did you did you know the former president, Donald J. Trump? I don't know if you know he was, oh, no. he was indicted. What? And you know what? A lot of people, when they're under federal indictment, are quiet because their lawyers oh, tell them yeah. to be. Don't talk. In fact, I would say that Trump, in the past, when he's faced legal troubles, he's not terrible about being quiet about them, and it usually turns out yeah. pretty good. He's gotten out of a lot of situations, mm-hmm. but this this week he's talking to Brett Baer on Fox News. That and was he's, something. And he's talking about this case. So let me play just a, a bit of Brett asking him about the boxes. Oh, yeah. Of which he is accused of retaining and oh, not returning right. and a bunch of some top, top secret and other secret classified information in those boxes. Here we go. In fact, the New York Times of all had a story just the other day that the only way NARA could ever get this stuff, this back, would be please, 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 could we have it back? And they please, asked for that. Because they have no... We they were did talking. ask for it. No. And they said, can you give some, the documents back? And we were talking. And then they said they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. And in but all why fairness, not just hand them over then? Because I had boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to NARA yet. 
And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah, but I've according very, to the indictment, you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things, uh, golf shirts, clothing, pants, shoes. There were many things. I would say much, plan? much more, not that I know of, but not that I know of, but everything was declassified. And Biden didn't have the right to do that because he wasn't president. Nor did Mike Pence, by the way, have the right to do that because he wasn't president. All right, I'm not going to belabor this. No, but belabor. All right. So obviously having classified stuff is bad if you're Biden or Pence. But in his case, it wasn't a problem. Now, his argument is he had more power to declassify. Mm -hmm. However, in this interview, he says at one point, I couldn't declassify. I was president after I was president. I've made no bones about that. OK, so a couple of things or as, as Philly Utardo would say in The Sopranos, a couple of three things. Uh -huh. The first is, I can sympathize with the president, and he's talking about all these different things like the golf shirts and everything else. When we were moving out of apartment to go to our home mm -hmm. in Arlington, this is many years ago, the moving people arrived earlier than we thought, and we weren't quite done okay. hacking. Right. It starts off pretty organized. Mm -hmm. And then you just start after, throwing after stuff. a while, they've caught up. And right. now they're just waiting. And of course, you know, the clock is ticking because, you know, you're, you know, you pay by the hour. After a while, we just shoved everything. Right. It's just giant boxes. Whatever you could take, just just take it. And that's it. And that's basically what happened to Mar-a-Lago, apparently. Yeah. OK, so that's that's the first part. The second part is he talks about the documents that they're not documents. Mm -hmm. Right. He says, no, I mean, even though the audio supposedly says. So, yes, let me clear. Oh, the, yes. The please. audio in which he says I could have declassified this as president, but I didn't. And the aide says, well, now we got a problem. And he's showing it to the author yeah. of, we think, Mark Meadows' Ghost autobiography. Yeah. When he's showing that, he says there was no such, that the, there was no document that he was referring to. That's right. But he also said at one point, maybe I showed it, maybe I didn't. He says mm -hmm. that he uses mm -hmm. that phrasing as well. So the argument is confusing, but go ahead. It is. No, but I was going to just say, the pre according to the president, they were articles and magazines. Mm -hmm. And I often say this, the, you know, at work I say, can you hand me that document? Which one? Oh, Foreign Affairs. That's what I say. So maybe that's what he <laughs> meant by it. Oh, I love that article I read in the document known as the Wall Street Journal. Well, you know, so. and I, I have to go back to the transcript, I guess, to be very clear on this. But is he saying that in that scenario, he was just talking about having this plan? I believe he shows it to the guy, though. He says, like... You get the sense that it was a plan... And it's connected somehow to so his argument chairman is that of the Joint Chiefs. Maybe Mark he Milley. showed it, maybe he didn't, but there was no plan. Right. Involving and he, never, Iran. he never saw a plan. It it gets a little convoluted. And that might be I mean, maybe that's part of the strategy is to create chaos and confusion or just to deny, deny, deny. But either way, you can understand why he's having problems at the moment finding good legal representation. Yeah, speaking and, of which. Yeah. Brett asks him about uh, some of the people he's hired in the past that are no longer working for him. Let's let's hear a bit oh, of that. Man. Okay. In 2016, you said that I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous look. We had the best economy we've ever had. This the world time has ever seen. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley. 
she's running against you. Your former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, your second defense secretary is not supporting you. Called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House Chief of Staff John Kelly weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney a born loser. You called your first Secretary of State Rex Tillerson dumb as a rock. And your first Defense Secretary James Mattis the world's most overrated general. You called your White House Press Secretary Kayla Kennedy milk toast. And multiple times you've referred to your Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao as Mitch McConnell's China loving wife. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to 1 that were fantastic. We had a great economy. Why did you hire all of them in the first place? I imagine that, that, that the, the responses, they're good until they're no longer good. Well, this is the problem with both arguments, right? There's always, this is a, mm -hmm. what am I trying to say? A square, he, what is it, a circle he can't square? What is the, what is the phrase? Yeah, square he can't circle? A square he cannot circle. I know things, okay? Respect the English language. No, 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 That's no. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is a square he cannot mm -hmm. circle on both the investigation right. and the indictment and this kind of thing. Like, I only hire the best people, except then I dismiss those people and tell you that they are actually terrible They're people. really terrible. And I've run through a bunch of them. You know, you start off with one or two and you think, oh, these guys are just in it for themselves and just going to exploit this and rat on the president and they're not really good or whatever. Uh, and it certainly can't be the president. You know, they're just, you know, opportunists. And you see this in, in many administrations. And then they start to add up. And then you end up in the situation where Brett Baer went on for, I felt like, almost a minute or more with just this laundry list of people who worked in the administration. We're just talking about four years. Yeah. And how they're all, they're all traitors. Are they all traitors? It is like, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. And maybe I've said this before on the show. It is like when you, I, you know, you'll talk to somebody senior year in college and, oh, where do you live? And they say, oh, I, I live, I, I live in a single because, you know, freshman year, I loved with my roommate, but he was insane. And sophomore year, same thing, a crazy different person. Then I lived in an apartment and those people were nuts. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And we're getting, well, what is the thread real? that yeah. unites is it all of all these of stories? Them, or yeah. maybe it's you. And I think this all the time now with Trump. The other thing is I do bring this up with extended family, no names. And I'll say, you know, it's not a great list of all these people who have turned, including up to the vice president. Right. You know what the answer is? Sean Spicer. Still on the good list. So I want to play one more clip since this is, first of all, good interview. Yeah. And Trump, one thing that I enjoyed is that when he was asked, what are the first things you would do? Or what's the first yeah. thing? He said two things simultaneously. And at least he, he got the right issues. He talked about the economy and he talked about the border. Which I thought was like, okay, I'm here for I'm here for that. He talked about some of the things in his record mm -hmm. that are good. Mm -hmm. But then Brett asks him, quite fairly, what would you do about those people who are like, I don't know, suburban educated women voters who maybe voted for the GOP in the past, maybe even voted for you in the past, but can't deal with the drama and the vitriol and the name calling. What's your argument to them? 
And so to the female independent voter in the suburbs who struggled with family mm -hmm. financing because of inflation, she's now against Biden, disapproves of Biden, but wasn't with you in 2020 and so far is a hard no for you in 2024. But what do you say to that? At the right what, what do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels that way to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? You Let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You know that this, and if you look at all of the tapes, if the you look at shows. everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes, or let's go to recent. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to recent. FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent. The 51 agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett. Understand about all, the Hunter Biden. Well, no, but all that's cheating on the election. But yeah, that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election. Uh, so that's his opportunity to make a pitch. Yeah, that's no and in, he sort of went in another direction. Well, and this is the important thing. Mm -hmm. Not only did he not make a pitch to those voters or acknowledge that they exist, because he's like, you're looking at the mm -hmm. wrong polls. I'm, obvi I'm obviously very popular with suburban educated women. He turns into an argument that is the most radioactive argument yeah, to the exact demographic right. that he has just been asked to speak to. This is the thing. When he brings this up, and about winning the election by a lot. And I'm not sure if he's talking about electorally or to the popular vote, but by a lot. There aren't people out there on the fence who are like, oh, well, I wasn't sure, but now I'm definitely going to vote for him. You know, I was going back and forth. And the people who believe this already believe this. They're just going to nod and say, yeah, they were voting for him already. But the ones that he's trying to win, that's not happening. Well, and the, that is the question to me. Is he interested in trying to win anyone over yeah. And act, doing it's, this, yeah. he will not. And that's that's part of what you have to evaluate in the 2024 field. There is, And there's a very hardcore percentage of American voters who will, no matter what, even if the president goes to jail, still support Donald Trump. It's a very high percentage of the yeah. GOP primary but right now. But it's not... He's not wrong about that. It's not 50% of... No. The electorate, or but votes. he doesn't need fifty percent in the primary. No, he doesn't. So oh. The other thing that he suggested, by the way, in the interview, is basically that evidence might have been planted. Oh yeah, that too. That that gives me the sense at this point that he wants people to run around in a bunch of different directions, and he's just stalling until his lawyer or whatever lawyer he gets. Ideally, by the way, like a former prosecutor from Florida, from Southern Florida, who knows mm -hmm. how the juries will react. He needs them to scrutinize Jack Smith, who, in fact, doesn't have a great track record. Right. So if uh, they yeah, can find uh, out that one he, of his more yeah. recent failures was the was the charges that he brought about against Bob McDonnell, former yeah. governor of Virginia. And yeah, that terrible. all fell apart and was very Absolutely. bad. So there's there is. So there's a chance. There's stuff to do here. If he can stall and have them look into how. The raid again at Mar-a-Lago was carried out. And if it wasn't by the book, then maybe they got something. But short of that, this trial is now set to begin in August 14th. Yay. And it's supposed to be a two-week trial. So this is not going to be O.J. Simpson. Right? right. I mean, this is two weeks, supposedly, which means before 2024. We'll see. Unless somebody gets in a white Ford Bronco. Starts driving very slowly yeah, up the yeah, that's right up the state of Florida. That's right, um, you know, Florida's I mean, a very long state. I still very. I still talk to people, and there are still pundits out there who say to say they maintain that Trump will not be the nominee. Not okay. that they don't like him or they don't want him, 
but they believe he will not be. He will be not be. The well, there's certainly some 35 to 40% of the GOP primary voters who are looking. disagree with that at oh. the moment. Now, that means that the other part are looking around, right? Yeah. But we run into the same issue as 2016, which is if you split all those people, yep. Trump still comes out ahead. Yeah. So here we are. Speaking of 2024 news, I just want to revisit the Casey DeSantis question. She's very shrill. Oh, oh sorry. She's, no, no, no. Yeah. She's, uh, she's more than that. She's Lady Macbeth, Vic. Okay. Yeah, I've heard. So the Washington Post had a piece this week, which is just the Politico piece from the other week. Exactly. Just re- almost exactly recapitulated. I don't know if they had them in the works at the same time. And we're like, ah, oh, what the hell? I put all this work into this hit piece. And now we got to we just got to print it and pretend that Politico didn't print it last week. Versus like the old Ezra Klein journo list, which right. was, OK, everybody, let's get our ducks in order. And it'll yeah, be I a mean, coordinated may- response. Maybe they're meant to be yeah. complementary pieces, uh-huh. you okay. know. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Here's the tweet. I just want to start with the tweet from The Washington Post. This is a, f- a female reporter, by the way. As Ron DeSantis pursues the presidency, his wife's role is limitless. KC42 isn't a typical political spouse. Why does that inspire so much fear? Her rise in TV and insular marriage tell the story. What in the actual Mm -hmm. is this? It's weird because I feel like I've been informed my entire girl power life that women in expansive roles and atypical political spouses were actually good and empowering. Yeah. yeah. Was I, I was wrong about it. I, I guess not Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan was bad and then Hillary Clinton good. That's oh, right. wait, is there a pattern? Is there no a pattern? No pattern at all, Mary Catherine. What do they mean, by the way, about insular marriage? They don't, does that mean well, they're not, it's not an open marriage? So this was my question. Because it, I, it should, it should be in an open marriage? I tweeted it and said, you know, it's very inspiring and empowering for a woman to be in an expansive and atypical role as long as she is a Democrat and not in one of those weird insular marriages with only two people in it. The Clintons got it right. That's the secret, folks. Yeah. That's the secret. Yeah, again, the problem, se- the problem, I'm doing air quotes, the problem seems to be that Casey DeSantis and Ron DeSantis have a very close relationship, that she is telegenic and smart, that he talks to her about his ideas and relies on her on the campaign trail. And that's a bad thing. I guess so. That she should be more like Giselle Fetterman. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I mean, it, look, uh, Dr. Jill, doc, there are EDD. Right, right. Do- Dr. Jill. She should actually Casey DeSantis, who's a former local TV reporter, yeah. should require that they call her broadcaster. Casey That's DeSantis. Right. That's right. <laughs> News reporter. Casey DeSantis. It is. It, 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 it's astonishing when you compare the attacks on her and she's just getting started on this campaign trail. I also love know, that they, she's not what because she's not baking cookies. I Well, know. so here's the. Here's the tell. And I right? love Barbara Bush. Right. And if, Laura. I if, think it's great. But, if you know. she were a typical political spouse, do you think that she would get good press for that? No. She would be the picture of a turn back the clock yep. Republican woman mm-hmm. who's just doing the role yeah. of standing yeah. behind her husband with a batch yep. of cookies and raising the children. But the reason she's getting bad press is because she's Ron DeSantis' wife, not because That's there's right. anything wrong with her. She's doomed either way. She's just like, you know, yeah. a cancer survivor raising three yeah. small children. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I know. And again. A normally quite sympathetic figure. So strange. And I had a great career in media. But, you know, I wouldn't even compare her to Hillary because when you look back, actually, 
there were some people in the media in the mainstream who were very tough on Hillary Clinton. Yes, yes. I was thinking I think about it's more it's a bit more in retrospect that yeah. her her girl power yes. first lady role has mm-hmm. been lauded, I would say. Because right. people were critical at the time. And I think yeah. there is a place for wondering how much power an unelected part sure. of our presidency sure. is going to have. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair question. Well, listen, you remember how healthcare 1.0 yes. under Clinton was going to be, you know, overseen by Hillary yes. and how that was a disaster and led to the Republican Revolution. Thanks in no small part to Bill Crystal, by the way. <laughs> I just want to bring that up. I do but, like I do yeah. like one more thing that Washington Post puts the the fear in this. Like why yeah. does that inspire so much fear? You guys are conjuring the fear. Yeah. I don't think it inspires who's, who's, a ton who's, of who's fear. Fearing? They're, they're fearing? Who's who's af- I don't know. Who's afraid of Casey DeSantis? I don't there know. There you go. Anyway. But no, I was gonna say, you know, Ruth Marcus was particularly, I think, tough on Clinton at Hillary Clinton yeah. at times. And if you ask them I bet you the Clintons think that the media has been so unfair to them, oh, particularly course. in 2008. But in any event, but if you compare it to, again, Dr. Jill or Giselle, Fetter- Giselle Fetterman, please spare me. And, um, that, and that whole Macbeth thing was insane because there was a previous piece yes. about how we shouldn't be calling these <laughs> female, the spouses of these politicians, Lady Macbeth. Yeah. It's insulting. It's crude. And then they go right hey, around you know, and quote. It you got to do what yeah. you got to do. And then do. they quote somebody calling. When there's a uh, monster Casey, like Casey DeSantis around, you got to you got to yeah. do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, unfair. Anyway. All right. What's up next? Oh, Biden. Oh, oh my gosh. He was on a roll. Oh, it's a media criticism heavy today because this one made me laugh out loud. Yeah, I couldn't believe the article, but. Biden's weird words. That's all they this are. is after this is after at the end of a gun control speech he says God save the queen man God save the queen yeah. man no it's let's just I'll just read you this okay, piece from please, Axios please President Biden often uses old timey expressions that confound even his own staff that happened again Friday when he ended a speech on gun violence with God save the queen man even Olivia Dalton the White House's principal deputy press secretary didn't know what her boss meant. When journalist asked, she replied only that he was commenting to someone in the crowd. Was it like a British dude or what? Anyway, later, wait, wait. the White they House don't have a queen right now. <laughs> later, the White House didn't respond when Axios asked what Biden had meant. Here's the good part. This yep. is going to take a t- is, I, it takes a turn, I know, guys. It does. Why it matters. Biden's quirky aphorisms are sometimes weaponized by Republicans to insinuate the 80-year-old president is in mental decline. But Biden has been using unique phrases for years. But even some of his aides aren't exactly sure what he means by them. Good old Joe. You know what my favorite line is? Republicans have been noticing. They've been noticing, Vic. No, my my favorite line in this Mm -hmm. is the line, his offbeat proverbs are just Biden being Biden. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. Much like when one for the Gipper. Biden has an arsenal of wacky phrases he deploys. Look, the man has always put his foot in his mouth. That much yeah. is true. Sure. However, this is just part, again, of the gaslighting of just lying yep. to you about what is in front of your face. We can all see what is happening. He can barely get through much sense. Yeah. very short speeches. He makes a lot of nonsensical asides. During those speeches, when he's not reading the prompter's stage directions, Mm -hmm. 
or the stage directions on the card in his hand. Like, these are just real things. These are not things that Republicans are pouncing on or weaponizing. His struggle with the English language is very front and center. But I understand, though, their concern, which is that Republicans may weaponize his senility to show voters he's senile. And you, you don't happen. you don't it you don't want happen. that would be bad. That would be bad. Mm-hmm. Do they do they talk at all in the Axios piece about his manhandling Eva Longoria? Oh, I missed that. Just wanted to get a feel. You know, he just wanted oh, to get a dear. He want to get a feel of the situation. I this. Yeah, that was. Did this happen was, this yeah, week? Yes. He was very handsy. You'll have to look into that. Readers can look into that. It's oh, it's quite a scene. Our Andrew Styles. Mr. President. Our Andrew Styles does a great frame by frame analysis. Oh, well, go of, look at that he, on freebeacon.com. He, he did not want to let go. I don't blame him, but still, you're in front of everybody. What's going on here? Okay. Oh, wow. You know what? I feel like that would be a bigger story if it were a different politician. Yeah. Much like all of these garbled sentences would not be mere aphorisms. Try to make him say aphorisms. See how that goes. Think you could do that? Be like the AAPI heritage ceremony all over again. <laughs> oh, dear. Stop all lying right. to us, please. Yeah. Remember, when, remember when Bush was made fun of for saying like a couple clumsy phrases? I love and, and now we're like, oh. I loved Bush's gaffes, particularly the one about the the guy, the OBGYN doctors, and he didn't know how to explain what they practiced, like you know, to to allow the OBGYN doctors to to practice their love. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just get stuck That's on a what sentence. They do. That's what know? they do. Okay. All right. Do we have to talk about the, uh, the submarine ti- the Titanic situation? It is, it is. such a wild. Story. It, it, it's a wild story, and the media has put this front and center, which puts them and puts everybody in a bad spot. Because if this doesn't turn out to be Apollo thirteen or well, baby Jessica in the well, then I, it's not going to be good. As, okay, terrible. so let's just brief everybody. Go ahead. And in case I'm sure you, you haven't won't heard know, about but it, which case. I'm sure you have, a massive search ramped up Tuesday as authorities probed the North Atlantic for a tourist submarine that went missing over the weekend on an expedition to explore the famous Titanic shipwreck. This is CBS News reporting. Here's what we know so far. And it talks about they have a five-person crew on the submersible named Titan. They lost touch with it. This was, it's been like, what now, 24 hours since they lost touch with it probably at this point. Some of the discussion has included that they did theoretically have enough oxygen to be down there for longer than this 24-hour period. But it is disconcerting to say the least. Right. They seem that they're out of touch. It's like. They may have 96 hours. It's going to be less than 96 hours now since they last reported on this. It's a five-man submersible, so it's tight, and I, it's horrifying, and it's obviously a claustrophobic nightmare. Even to hear the story, I ju- you're just like, you'll, you never want to go back I sent it water. to you like, should we? T- I'm horrified. Should yeah. we talk about this? I, as a as a child, had a real fascination with the Titanic and just really? was very into that particular episode in history pre Leo, okay? It was not because were, of Leo. Were, I was going to say, were you a, it predates were you a the James child, Cameron were film. Were you a child when you saw the movie Titanic? No, I was a teenager. Okay. I was All a right. teenager. Yeah, I was a uh, older. Yeah. As a, but as a child, I was very into this okay. incident in history. Mm-hmm. I found it very fascinating. So I understand people being yeah. into it enough if they have enough money go, wanting to go explore. I'm not sure I would do it because the ocean scares me. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's speaking of money, it's a $250,000 adventure right but 
there are people out there who can afford it. And if you are interested enough in seeing this amazing piece of history and to go down 2.4 miles into the darkness, then I guess you can do that. But I was just going to say it's just not my cup of tea, but I do feel it. I do feel badly. It's a, it's a horrifying situation. I don't think the submersible has any sort of rescue buoy that can help them because it's too deep now, right? Right. And they don't have what like a signal ejector, right, that they can launch up and note their location. And now GPS does not work underwater. No, and there have been buoys deployed in the water in an attempt to listen for the missing yeah. sub. They're capable of listening at a depth of 13,000 feet, so... I mean, there's yeah, always 13,000. But the other problem, of course, there's two other problems, which is the currents are different at sea level than beneath the right, sea. Right, right. So who, wherever they were last seen, if it's not like you're going to go straight down and find it. And even if they were near the Titanic, they might not be near the Titanic now. And the other problem is there's a possibility they got somehow entangled in something. Right. Which happens. So not great. You wouldn't do this is what you're saying. I think I would be a no on this. Yeah. Although it's funny because, I, I, again, I was fascinated by this as a child. And at one point as a child, I wanted to be like a diver who dives with sharks. So like I had okay. a very different. Uh, no. I had a very different disposition <laughs> no, as a I child, think. apparently. Yeah. But this is, See, it all began with the Gremlins lunchbox at five. I was a real badass were, child. Yeah, I don't edgy. know what happened to me. You were very me. edgy. I'm going to say no as well based on what I have read about the ocean, meaning Sebastian Younger's The Perfect Storm. And Linda Greenlaw is very excellent. The Hungry Ocean, not for me, but we hope for the best. Do you remember Open Water? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Thank you, Mary Catherine, for reminding me of that. And that was a honeymoon. They were on like the yeah, honeymoon I, or something. And and do you remember Do you remember the ending? I don't want to talk about it. you remember the ending, how they found it? Because they, 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 they fished out a shark and then oh, no. they found- No, 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 no. They found, it ate, a, it, it ate their camera. Oh. And then they developed the film. And that's how they realized. Have you ever scuba dived before? Scuba snorkeling. Yes. Snorkeled. I have snorkeled. I don't do the scuba thing. I'm not certified. And I take those things very seriously. I got certified oh. once and attempted it once or twice. I got to say, people find it very relaxing is what some people say, right? That they're, you know, you're communing. Yeah, you're deep down there. And I did it in a lovely place. It was in Zanzibar. It was beautiful. Right. You were out. Yes. However... I did not find it relaxing. I felt like I've had very little training. Were you and Were you just scared? Zanzibar, that's Indian Ocean? or Off the coast of, uh, what am I trying to say? Off the coast of Kenya, Kenya. and Yeah, yeah, uh, so in the Indian Tanzania. Ocean. Tanzania. Yeah. Sharks and things out there. Yeah, not I Not as bad, so. I don't think. South Africa is pretty bad. But. It was. It's more the It's more the breathing that concerns okay. me than the sharks. Uh, than the, the sharks uh, really, I'm okay with. The, well, you can't freak yourself out by knowing that you cannot breathe out of your nose. Well, so it's this is what, one of these this is what mind it is. Control. Your brain is telling you, do not go under this water. Do not go under this water while breathing. It, you're, it doesn't want you to do that. Just like it doesn't want you to step off on one of those those glass covered lookout things in a in a skyscraper. Your body doesn't want you to do that. Same with the scuba diving. You have to make it do that. So I have not done it since because I felt like it was a lot of investment of time and money for something that I felt was like the training pretty takes, stressful. The training takes a lot of time. Yeah. My brother-in-law, Captain Bill Dwyer, of course, he is certified. By the way, there is a movie about, do you remember the the tie incident? where the, I, I just wrote that in here in my kids, little notes. Where the kids got stuck in yes. the cave. If you want to move, something that does end very nicely. Yeah. Is very stressful. Oh, yes. The rescue that. story of those yeah, guys yeah, with Viggo Mortensen and yes. Colin Farrell and Joel Edgerton. There's a movie wow. called 13 Lives. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. And it is pretty dang okay. good. So, anyway, right. just a little no. quick 
getting hammered suggests. Thank All right. You. Let's let's and close lastly, out with a little a little trash talk about Harry yeah, and Meghan. Yeah, a little snark here. Harry and Meghan, the Sussexes, sadly, let go from their Spotify deal for which they were paid some what, 20 million bucks to create Archwell com- commentary and content for Spotify. I believe Meghan did some 10 to 12 podcast episodes. Is there an understanding that this was supposed to be a miniseries situation or that this was going to be a regular thing? Well, look, I think for 20 million bucks, they thought they would be more content than this, right? Are you saying we've done more episodes? (laughs) I'm saying if somebody threw me that money, I would do more episodes than that. That is. Wait, are you saying that they're getting paid more than we are? Okay, sorry. (laughs) Not anymore because they are gone from Spotify. Spotify is like, the the jig is up guys these are not enough i'm sure they got some payout obviously for her for her interviews with her celebrity friends that she did for her podcast i had a friend by the way who sort of hate listened to that and then synopsized them for me it was well, a lot good. of fun hate listening it was yeah. a lot of fun <laughs> she, her write-ups were yeah. worth the 20 million yeah. i'll tell you that so and then bill simmons who yes. works for spotify it <laughs> said on a podcast he called them effing grifters yeah i was going to say because there is an official release announcing the amicable and what is the word I'm looking for? A consensual <laughs> parting of ways. Right, I mean, right. It was a joint. Right. It was a, we, they both sides agreed that, you know what? It's time to move on. We're Thank you. Ways. And, and then Bill Simmons just said, yeah, you know what? Yeah. So he, he says the quote is the effing grifters. That's the podcast we should have launched with them. I have got to get drunk one night and tell the story of the Zoom I had with Harry to try and help him with a podcast idea. It's one of my best stories. F them, the grifters. I hope he does tell that please story. Please get drunk. Yes, please if get drunk. If this is you not drunk talking about them, mm-hmm. I would definitely like to hear you drunk talking about them. You know what I think, Mary Catherine? I think that, like most people out there, they have this notion of what it is to do the podcast and it seems like it's all fun and games. But as you know, sitting here with me, it is not all fun and games. It's a grind. It's a, it's a lot of working drama. Here. There's a lot of drama. <laughs> Fights, yeah, throwing things throw, at each we other. We throw Chardonnay yeah, frequently. It's producer. like Real Housewives. Yeah, no, over here. it's it's not pleasant. It is. So. so their series archetypes aimed to investigate, dissect, and subvert the labels that try to hold women back, oh. and included celebrity guests like Serena Williams, Mariah Carey, Paris Hilton, and Trevor Noah. There was also a story that came from one of these guests tweeting her appreciation for the interviewer and for being such a good interviewer. And that interviewer was not Megan. It was a producer for the show. So there is a hypothesis that, in fact, her questions were not part of a conversation with these folks, but were dubbed into, which, by the way, is just harder work. Just sit and talk. Well, it's harder work for someone. I don't know. Like, it just seems like that would make it very stilted, which might be the reason that might deal with them. Maybe maybe so. Or like deign to make herself available. I know a bunch of people are like, uh, Sonny Bunch among them is like, we shouldn't talk about the royals at all. But look, A, they're not royals anymore. No, they're not. Um, Do you think the shine has worn off them in America? Because normally, I think based on getting... my watching The Crown, you know, they come over here to this country as much ado. Everyone's excited. I think it's getting close yes. to being worn. Because I think they may have overestimated Harry and Meghan are polarizing. So there are people who love them and who will be in that mm-hmm. camp forever and who think that they were wronged because of racism yeah. and all of these things. But I think those people's attention span and devotion is not that deep. So they don't have much to draw on if they're not likable and creating something. And they're neither likable nor creating something. And I just want to say, I have to read one last quote from Bill Simmons. 
He's talking about Harry. What does he do? It's one of those things where it's like, what's your talent? Why are we listening to you? So you were born in a royal family and then you left. You live in effing Montecito and you just like, you sell documentaries and podcasts and nobody cares what you have to say about anything unless you talk about the royal family and you just complain about them. And that is a really good thesis statement about the Sussexes and what they are offering. It's a great racket. (laughs) Speaking of Brits, special thanks to all the listeners who chimed in on my Burton on the Water predicament. I would say the advice so far has been 50-50. Oh, wow. But I I think the one thing that we're all agreed on, apparently, is that I should not present it to my father-in-law when he's opening up gifts surrounded by everybody on his birthday. Yes. And like, ah, got you good. Better part of valor to choose a, a different moment. Like maybe towards the end of the trip. So at least we have established that much. And that, for now, will wrap up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. You can follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram. That is at Getting Hammered Podcast. You will see our rants. You will see some really unflattering pictures of me before I had braces. It's the good stuff, man. That you gotta you gotta check it out. You can also give us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We appreciate five stars. Thanks for doing that. I think that's it for today. I'm gonna go play tennis with my toddler again. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.